0: Hi guys, welcome to Farmer Fridays, where I get to interview agriculturists, ag organizations, and ag businesses across the state of West Virginia. My name is Elizabeth Lynch through Miss West Virginia 2022. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kevin Snyder, who I actually met at the Jefferson County Farm Bureau meeting. He is the owner of Shenstone Farms. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well. How are you getting along, Elizabeth?
0: Doing wonderful. I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to be talking with you again. You know, I really appreciated meeting you and listening to your speech the other day, and I wanted to make sure that my viewers at home got that same information too. So go ahead and tell me about yourself and your agricultural background.
1: Well, my name is Kevin Snyder. I'm the fifth generation Snyder of Shenstone Farm. so we've been here a while. Um, my grandfather bought the farm in 1892, and he was even in clark county before that so my family's way way back um so i was born into it you know it's just i woke up in the morning and that's kind of my background behind it i joined 4-h ironically i wasn't in the ffa i always felt there had to be a little bit of diversity in life so let me do the farm on the farm that kind of thing. So I did, I got into music in school and that kind of thing. And Okay. went to Shepherd for a brief minute and uh, just came back to the farm. I just I love the farm. We can't beat it.
0: Absolutely. You know, then you kind of have that calling too. So I understand that completely. Do you want right. to tell me a little bit about the history of Shenstone Farm and then what you do now?
1: So as my said, my great great grandfather bought it. Um something like two dollars an acre back then. I mean <laughs> uh, still good money back then, but right dollars an acre. And he um uh, the my family got into the dairy end of it, I believe, in the thirties, the twenties or the thirties, when they wow. started wanting to uh commercialize everything so my grandfather and my great-uncle they began began uh doing the dairy part of it and then it got left down to my father and my father I dairied with him up till 2020 when we actually sold the herd it was uh, a tough decision because you wonder how you're going to adjust your cash flow and that kind of thing but I think it was the right decision because I think the dairy industry anymore wants to be a go big or go home type deal, and we decided to go home. <laughs> now, and I mean,
0: you have to do what's best for you and your property and your family, and you're making that change for you was definitely good for you, right? So what do you do now?
1: So today we do uh, beef, and we uh, I like to get into the direct consumer end of it. We've always had capital on the farm, but it's, we've decided to expand that and uh, get into direct consumer marketing and we're, we're learning that process and we're growing with it because farmers throughout history, we've always kind of wanted to be our own little people. And now it's about expanding out into the public a little bit. I, you know, definitely learned that with the Farm Bureau meeting. It was, uh, I still feel like I'm crawling out of the milking parlor. I had no idea there were that many farmers there. I was i didn't know there were that many farmers in the county frankly we often i then uh it was very good to see that many people there very nice
0: absolutely and you know the cool thing is that you're able to pull resources from those people as well get their their story get their education to help you along your way so you are doing beef operations right now and you're selling directly um tell me a little bit about what you do day to day
1: So, uh, generally, I wake up and I feed animals, and I I really dig that. (laughs) Um, Something in my day-to-day, like today, I went down and uh, was uh, looking over the herd. We have, all together, we have 100 animals, like counting cats. Well, we're plus three today, so I guess we're up to 103. Had three babies last night.
0: Oh, congratulations. uh, That's exciting.
1: Yes, yes, uh, three bull calves at that. it was um you know, I'm adjusting to it i'm it's not dairy, and i'm still trying to get it out of my head that it has to be run like a dairy, you know dairy, you wake up, you go milk cows, you feed your animals, you try to get something done in the field, then you milk cows again in the evening, and then that's your day, and then you get your eight hours of sleep um. You know, a lot of my day-to-day is involved with family. You know, I, I'm i able to spend more time with my kids and my wife. That's awesome. I've even actually even picked up a second job because, you know, I feel like I got to be on the go all the time. Uh, the so, day-to-day, you know, we're still figuring out the day-to-day. <laughs>
0: different experience, but still learning, still getting through it. That's really exciting. And it's, you know, really cool to jump into something that you're a little familiar with, but you're still trying to get there. So that's really cool. You know, I'm, that makes me excited. Um, so I wanted to ask too, what do you think that the people of West Virginia can do to help support the beef industry?
1: The first thing that comes to mind is we need more processing. We very much need more processing capabilities. I feel like at least here in Jefferson County, the farmers here, we can feed this county. But our biggest limitation is we have to use out-of-state USDA processors. Right. So if people are serious about their food, um, and the people that I've sold beef to so far are serious about their food, and they're serious about saving some money also, you know, it's a pretty large upfront cost to buy a quarter, or a half, a whole, but, you know, they, I think they've learned over the past couple of years, it's better to have it in your freezer than to have it, to go to the grocery store and get it. Absolutely. So get with, uh, get with our extension agent, Emily Morrow, and advocate for it. I mean, if you're serious about food, definitely make it known that you want a processing facility.
0: No, and, I know, definitely agree.
1: People get scared of the idea of having one by their house, but these places are immaculate. They have to be. Um, you know, we use uh, the processing facilities that we use now in Maryland are very, they're, I mean, they're immaculate. And you wouldn't know that that's what they are unless you knew that's where you were going. So if we can do that here in the eastern panhandle, and I think, I think would be in an awful good position.
0: I know they just opened up the Appalachian Abattoir in Charleston, West Virginia, so the southern part of the state. So that was really exciting for the state of West Virginia. But like you said, if we can get one you know, in the eastern panhandle or at least in the northern part of the state somewhere, that would be phenomenal. Right. Absolutely. Now, what do you think is the most challenging thing about? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love friends. It's OK.
1: She's 13.
0: Uh, holy cow. <laughs> well, she just wanted her time on the screen, too, so I get it. <laughs> so going into, you know, you've been involved in agriculture your whole life. What do you think is the most challenging part about working in ag?
1: There's a lot of challenges. I know, you know, the weather's definitely a challenge, but you get used to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you four feet of snow like we got a few years ago or record-breaking rainfall in 2018, but right now dealing with neighbors. You know, I have more and more neighbors coming in and that is, that irks me. That yeah. <laughs> I've had neighbors all my life, but for some reason you just feel like it's closing in on you. And mm-hmm. I think when you got all these people coming in they got to realize what they're entering. They're, that's my thought. That's hard. Oh, we yeah. Be, so We can I get mean, used to m- the best that we can. Anyway, we have to.
0: <laughs> I mean, the biggest thing too is, ag- as an agriculturist, you know, use your voice and make sure that you are educating those around you about. Okay, this is you know my farm property. This is what I do on it. Um, this is how you can help me protect it to make sure that you know my animals are safe, that my land stays safe. So I really think it's important, you know, like doing these farmer Friday interviews that people can understand exactly what's going on on the farm. And then they have an idea. Oh, like if I live next to a farm, like maybe I should do this, this, and this, or maybe I should be cautious when doing this, this, and this. So I think it's, you know, education is super important. Um, But you know, this brings another point up that we'll get to here soon. uh, But I wanted to ask on the flip side of everything, what do you think is the best thing about working in ag?
1: Oh, the space. (laughs) we (laughs) We live on a hill. I guess our elevation is between six and 700 feet. And I didn't appreciate it as much until I got older and had been around the county and realized I can see both mountains from here. And I can see Harper's Ferry, and I can see well south of Winchester from this hill. And it's just, it's, it's gorgeous. I mean... You get to hear silence. It's the best that you can anymore. You get to hear what quiet is. You get to see stars.
0: And you just Um, get to wake up every day and be immersed in that. That, Right. That beauty, that comfort, that peace. Like I completely appreciate that and understand that.
1: There's nothing that is more frustrating than losing an animal, but there's nothing more rewarding like this morning when i found three baby calves and everything clicked and it was like all right it was worth the it was worth the effort it was definitely worth the effort touching on the
0: ffa creed again the joys and discomforts of agricultural life perfect example right there
1: you got to learn to get over the bad and embrace the good um absolutely i tell you one of the I had a customer buy some beef, and they were very familiar with the process. Um, it was very easy talking to them because they knew what they wanted. And, and I even enjoy educating people on the beef. You know, well, this is what you're going to get. If you get this, you can't get this. And I've enjoyed talking to people about it. But this individual in, in particular, she had called me back, or i I'd actually called her. I wanted to make sure everything went smooth. And she said, uh, she said, no, I got this this, and this. And then I got these steaks that are called minute steaks. And I said, I said, okay. I said, yeah, I I took the liberty of ordering those because when I talked to the processor, that was about the only option you had left. And I'm actually, I'm starting to get a little fearful. Like, you know, uh, is she upset with the fact that I did that? Well, she would have rather had, Ground burger, or uh, would she have rather had that into uh, something else? And then she said, "That was some of the best meat that I've had in a long time, and that elation, yet rush. I was, I was beside myself, and it was. I mean, those are the good things that you get out of agriculture when you when you satisfy somebody." Oh, when you have, when you're working in the fields and you have kids looking at the tractors and all, I mean, all that stuff, I, the good way outweighs the bad. I mean, it's just, hmm. we can probably yeah. talk all day long about, <laughs> there's such rich history here, you know.
0: And you've been surrounded by this history for so long that, you know, I wanted to bring up this point as well. You know, you placed Shenstone Farm under the Farmland Protection Program so that you can be immersed in that history the rest of your life and that that place will stay standing forever. So for my viewers at home, can you tell me a little bit about this program?
1: The Farmland Protection Program is a program that allows the farmers to sell their development rights, yet keep the land for its agricultural value. Okay. It it's a process. You know, it's it can be even a little bit of a frustrating process. You know, thank goodness for the Elizabeth Wheelers out there. I mean, she's a saint. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to be able you know, you're putting your land in protection and it, it takes a couple of years to do it. So it takes some planning, even going into it. um financially. It just is not sell your property right or sell your development rights and move up, move on from there. I think, I think it's a tool that can help you uh, pursue. If you don't have to pay a mortgage, then it can help you buy equipment to do the things that you need to do later on um or it can pay off a mortgage you're going to turn your application in the middle of october and you'll turn that in with a yellow book appraisal that's the one you're responsible for you have to they want to show that you're serious about it they just don't want to go putting up all this money to have your land appraised and next thing you know oh i don't want to do it so they don't like that idea then you wait. There's usually a lot of waiting. You want to see if things get approved. Mm-hmm. Um, on the county level, it's pretty It's pretty simple. I mean, if you get that land evaluation sheet filled out and everything looks good on it and you hit enough points on it, it's pretty simple. The state level is a little more difficult. So then after that gets approved, it gets moved on to the uh, The county commission has to approve it. And then it's usually about. From the start of your application process, it can be about two years before you actually see any money. And then what you want to do that you want to seriously consider doing is uh, donating some of that money back to the farmland preservation. Uh. It has a great tax benefit, and I absolutely urge people to find uh, the proper people to help you manage that tax uh, credit.
0: So once your your farm is under the Farmland Protection Program, what happens then? That farm stays farmland for the rest of time, right?
1: Um, yes, in perpetuity. There are areas that offer in different states, so if anybody's heard differently, there's like 20, 30-year programs or 50-year programs, but here in West Virginia, it is uh, it is forever. And,
0: and that's that's really exciting, you know, you, to know uh, that no matter, say that again?
1: It's very relieving. I'm I, sure. It, it's, eh, I think you can breathe you can sleep a little easier, breathe a little better. Um I do, I feel that knowing that. You know, you got you make this decision, not based on whether or not you can make income off the farm, but you generally make it almost from a moral idea that an emotional standpoint. So that's what I got out of it you know it was a it was a process and let me be clear my dad did the process I was pretty much a advocate of it so okay. he and um
0: why did you why did you decide this was right for Shenstone farm
1: so we had to get out of the dairy um we still had a mortgage on the farm which even though I'm the fifth generation it's kind of Sad, but it's the way things work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a uh, we had to we had to get out of the dairy because in order to stay in the dairy, we would have had to upgrade, and it would have cost a whole lot of money um, to upgrade where we needed to be to become modern. And that probably wouldn't have been enough. You know, we farmed four hundred acres, and when we were milking, we got up to as high as one hundred fifteen cows in a little three-by-three three parlor. We were wow. spending a nine to ten hours a day milking cows just in the parlor, and we were running about, running about an 85-pound average. So we were, we knew how to feed our cows, we knew how to handle our cows, we had very healthy cows, but you have to, at one point, you have to just say mercy. And when you realize that your kids are getting older, and from my father's standpoint, that your grandkids are getting older, I mean, you need you need to breathe. And that's why it was right for us. Uh, just a little, that little financial edge that paid off the mortgage, and we could go from there. And here we are doing direct-to-consumer beef, and I think we're all happier for it. I really do. And we'll probably end up with too many beef cows. It's just the nature. <laughs> we'll have too many. <laughs> then we'll call them out some and just manage that. But end to end, it's worth it. I really think so. We, I think we all sleep a little easier around here knowing that it, it's going to be farmland. It's going to be space forever. And right. have to farm it. Uh, I made it we were under the impression for a long time that our it would have to stay in the family Mm -hmm. and it doesn't lock it in like that. It just got to stay open space. Um, There's farmers that actually can buy farmland protected land um, and they can get a pretty good deal on it because those development rights are gone and farm it how they, how they see fit. It's a, it's a good deal for
0: them. Now, I do have two more questions for you, um, but we are slowly running out of time. Uh, Zoom actually puts a time cap on all of our meetings. Um, but I did want to ask you these two questions before it ends. The first one is, what advice would you want to give to somebody who wants to start working in the agricultural industry?
1: Um, do your homework. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, know what you want to do. Know yeah, know that you get what you get into is a very uh, it can be very demanding, but you know, if you love what you're doing, you're gonna, if you love what you're doing, you're gonna end up being happy with what you're doing. So, if you want to get into beef farming, learn what you can about beef farming, there's a lot, you know humans have been beef farming for a long time and there's a lot of information out there um, absolutely you know and i promise you'll never stop learning you there's not one person out there that knows it all i don't care if they've been beef farming or dairy farming chicken farming things change all the time and it's good to try to stay up to date on some of the more modern things because we as people we want to do it more efficiently we want to take better care of our animals if you stay if you end up staying too much doing the same thing over and over and you don't expand your learning circle everybody else is going to get ahead and you're going to get left behind so know what you want to do and learn how to do it well
0: and definitely use your resources like Farm Bureau utilized WVU Extension Program. So that's that's phenomenal, phenomenal advice. Um, my last question for you, you know, you heard about me talk about the speech or the FFA creed during my speech um, and how important that is to me. So I did want to ask, why do you believe in the future of agriculture?
1: So since the Farm Bureau meeting when you spoke, I've heard three or four other times a term that I never thought I would ever hear again and that's first-generation farmer. I'm kind of, I mean, that's all you need to do to believe in agriculture right there, first-generation farmer. And that is, that's amazing, because when you grow up on the farm, most farms are handed down through families, Mm -hmm. and you know, we think of third-generation farms as being new, and you have old blood around here. Uh, the Burns family, the Granthams, the Snyders, the uh, Stollifer. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's old blood here, and when you have people talking about first-generation farming, that is, that's promising, very
0: absolutely it makes you excited
1: right well it frankly gives uh it it gives validation to your generation the your generation and it shows that you all you know your generation's willing to work you're just going to do it differently i know you know my dad's generation they saw an expansion in technology that was unprecedented you went from horses when he was little to running horses now to running thousand horsepower tractors sometimes and that kind of change is amazing
0: it's agricultural innovation it's huge and I mean, if anything, that's definitely something that will push us to believe in the future of agriculture, because we know that we're slowly getting better as the years go on. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. And of course, letting our viewers know all of this information, not only about Shenstone Farm, but about the Farmland Protection Program. So thank you for the, taking the time to do that today.
1: Ah, uh, no problem. Thank you for doing what you're doing. I'm glad to. That- uh, agriculture is being brought to the forefront in in the state that.
0: thank you so much well guys that is the end of today's farmer friday interview uh, please check back in next week for next week's farmer friday interview um, thank you guys for watching and as always please remember to thank your farmers